What is happiness when the children go to sleep? That's peace. Okay, that's peace. All right, well, this morning I want to share with you and talk about the putting off and the putting on. Have you ever watched an adult try to dress a two-year-old or a three-year-old who does not want to be dressed? Isn't it a little comical? And the child is squibbing and, and mad and, and crying, and, and you're thinking, if you'll just cooperate, we can get this shirt on and these pants on and we'll be done. But it's an ordeal. It's a fight to the finish to get that on. Putting off and putting on. This morning I want to talk about how in our Christian life, as Paul reminded the church in Colossae of putting off the things of old and putting on the things of new. I like when children come to me, and sometimes I had one child that said, I want to be baptized. I said, okay. I said, what is baptized? And they thought a moment, and they said, that's where you get clean. I said, okay. The other one said, well, that's where you get saved. I said, okay. Well, hopefully we know that baptism is a time that symbolically shows, as we have accepted Jesus Christ already, that it shows where we're taking off the old, or washing away the old, and bringing the new. Now, men, have you, have you ever had your wife tell you, Honey, go change that shirt. And you're looking, what's wrong with my shirt? But she gives you that look, and you know that it's just best to go change the shirt. But then watch. They'll come in, and they have the, the shirt on, that you, you know, that you, and they're pulling at it and tugging at it. and You know, there's the, this is just not comfortable like the one I had. Isn't it just like the three-year-old I talked about earlier? They're pulling at it. It's just like, we as, as humans sometimes have a hard time putting off and putting on the things that we should. It's always amazing to me when parents experiment and let children dress themselves. Isn't that funny? I think it is. I know sometimes as a parent you go, oh. But you know, it seems like a lot of times our tendency is to, to, to stay with the things that maybe we're used to. But what I want us to address this morning is that our Lord is showing us, guys, you lived a life in the flesh, and now you have me as Lord and Savior. You should live in the new. Why are you staying with the old things? So turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 3. And I want to read verses 5 through 11. Colossians, chapter 3, verses 5. 11 says therefore put to death what belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality impurity lust evil desires and greed which is idolatry because of these God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient and you once walked in these things when you were living in them But now, 
put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy languages from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, scission, I stumbled on that this morning, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in This morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture, it's rich for us to discover that what Paul is sharing with the church at Colossae, he said, you know, I've been sharing with you theology in the first two chapters. I have been sharing with you theology, and now I want you to take that theology and put it into practice, to to, to put it in in, in a being, put it in, in a situation where you're going to, for what you have learned, and now what you're going to do. You see, we also find in Colossians, I'm sorry, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received. And so, as a child of God, we have been called to live as new creatures. But it seems we have a tendency to hold on to the old. For many years, I had an old pair of red gym shorts. Kathy tried on many occasions to get rid of them. She said, Frank, I bought you new ones. You definitely have, she said, they're hanging and and they're ripped. and and, And sometimes I would find them, she'd have them in the Goodwill. She'd have them in another bag and I'd dig them out. You know, why is it that we want to hold on to the old? We all have that tendency. But what do we have in the new in Jesus Christ? I think sometimes we're forgetting what we have in the new and holding on to what we're used to. But look at the challenge before us. Paul is telling them, he said, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. He's talking about our sinful life, that life before Jesus Christ. Put it into it. He said, that is not going to do you any good. Get rid of it. And then he goes on to talk about that sexual sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed. And then he said, all of that equals idolatry. Because all those things, you're putting more faith and trust in those things then you are God. He said, put those away. What are they doing for you? You know, today in our society, we have a tendency to keep updating certain words. But when you look at immorality and you look at the Greek word of that, it's pornography. So we use immorality because that don't sound as bad as pornography. And so, a lot of times when we think of, well, immorality, that's just everywhere. Impurity, well, that's, you know, lust, that's just men. You know, desire, greed. You know, we try to bluff it off. We try to explain it. But Paul is is sharing with the early church, be careful. Where does sin come from? Sin does not come 
Sin does not come from the hand, but the sin comes from the heart. Many years ago in, in Britain, Britain had this that if you were a pickpocketer and you picked someone's pocket and was caught and you were convicted, they would cut off that hand that you used to pickpocket. Guess what? If you were caught the second time and convicted, they'd cut off the other hand. Now, you think, well, they only have two hands. But where does sin come from? It comes from the heart. Now, immorality. Today, we say, well, it's just the wor- that's just how the world is. But as a child of God, we should not be living in that. We should not desire that. We should be doing everything we can to live the new life that is available to us. Sensuality. Impurity. Moral uncleanness. Lust. Evil desires. Greed. You know, all these things we, we allow to, 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 we say, well, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with that. Well, it's stuff we should no longer need or want or desire. Because if we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, these things of, are of old. Greed is an interesting concept. Um, possessions, it makes people want possessions, getting all the things they could obtain. Um, what are we going to do with that? In Proverbs chapter 6, very interesting verse. Find it real quick. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27 very interesting verse. Look at it. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27, it says, Can a man embrace fire and his clothes not be burned? Or in another translation, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Think about that. Now you say, Well, preacher, nobody would do that. But you see, when we allow the immorality, And these other things, what are we doing? We're scooping them on our lap. And we will be burned. We need to see that there's no way around it. We say, well, I'm quick. I I can do these things. But we need to see that when we scoop these things listed here, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is all considered idolatry. We're fooling ourselves because we will be burned by it. But look, what, but look at verse 6. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. Guys, God is saying, enough's enough. He said, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. We can't just keep doing it and thinking that nothing's wrong or we will not have to pay the price. God's wrath is coming. But then look at verse 7. It says, and once you walk in these things, and once you walk in these things when you were living in them. Guys, this is how we walked when we knew, before we knew Jesus Christ. And now we need to realize that we have been changed by God's grace. And we need to live. We need to put off that evil attitude. We need to put those things off. But look at verse 8. 
It says, but now put away all the folly. It says, put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Now, I know a lot of times we say, you know, anger in our world today, everybody's angry. You know, in our world today, you know, if you get angry and have one of those fits, you know, it's one thing for a two-year-old to have a tinter tamper, tinter, have a fit, okay. <laughs> have a fit on the floor. We understand that. They didn't get their way, boom, on the floor crying. But you know what? They're going to live, right? They're going to live. But in our society today, if you have a, one of those fits in public, like a lady on the airline this past week, who found out that she was sitting next to a three-year-old, began a tirade of cussing and swearing that she would not sit where that three-year-old would be. And you know what her neighbors did? Not neighbors, but the people next to they filmed her. It was on YouTube before she got kicked off the plane. And everybody saw. Now what if when you have your next tantrum, it was on YouTube? How would you like that? I know some of you are still trying to figure out what YouTube is, but, but uh, what does anger do for you? It raises your blood pressure, yeah. You know, when we think of, think of anger and, 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 and we think of the wrath and the malice and the slander, we say, well, that's just living today. No, what Paul is saying, that is of old. You are now a child of God. You are a Christian. Those things should be put away. Filthy language should be put away. You know, I hear men sometimes say, well, unless I speak dirty, they don't understand. Guys, again, that's an excuse. We need to see that in the, in Paul is just saying, hey, guys, those things need to be rid of because... If we still do those things, if we're still angry and we use wrath and malice and slander... How do people know there's a difference in our life? They say, well, nothing's changed in that person's life. They're the same. Nothing's changed. And he says, do not lie to anyone. Whew. Do not lie to anyone. Since you have put off the old self. You know, we, we need to see what, what is happening today with, with, with greed and, and with all these things, how it's Affecting people. You know, if someone's greedy in the sense of possessions, we say, oh man, that's, that's bad. You know, they should share. But if someone is greedy with money and have a lot of money, we'll put them to the budget and finance committee at a church because they got a lot of money. But it's greed. It says, do not lie to anyone. You see, these things, if we're still doing those things, then we're, we're like that three-year-old. We're having problems taking off the old and putting on the new. And a lot of times we're acting like that. Verse 10 says, having put on the new self, you are being renewed in knowledge. Now, you say, well, preacher, why the new? Well, if we claim to be a child of God, then... We would want the renewed, or we would want to be renewed in what? In knowledge 
according to the image of your creator. In other words, we would receive the benefit. We would receive what we need to grow as a child of God. But if we keep allowing the things of old to, to lead us or intimidate us or, you know, kind of like that ball and chain to, to go back to it, but instead of saying, no, I'm getting rid of all of that. And now I'm living as a child of God and I'm putting on the new self that Christ has given me so that I can be renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. Now, guys, that's what we need. We need to put ourselves in a position to receive the knowledge of God. There's a lot of people out there who want to give us their knowledge, and some of it, let me tell you, you just need to keep on walking. But the knowledge of God is something that every child of God should realize they need in their life. And, and, and are we providing time to get that? Or we're saying, okay, God, just catch me when you can and just give it to me when you can. No, he wants us to, to take the time and to put on the new self and to receive it to get the knowledge that we need. Then look at verse 11. This is so important in the world that we live in today. In Christ, there is not Greek or Jew. I'm sorry. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all. And all. I don't know what that might mean to you, but when I read that, when it comes to division or separation, God is saying, I'm not worried about Greek, I'm not worried about Jew, I'm not worried about this or that. He, he, he is saying that in Christ, He is all. And we are all. I know sometimes we as humans have a tendency of saying, well, they're white, they're black, they're Mexican, they're this. But as a child of God, we're what? We are a child of God, and God looks at us not, well, you know, they're, they, no, he looks at all of us equally. Just the other day, I was in getting my eyes checked again, and I was talking with a young lady in the office, and she said, you're a pastor? And I said, yes. And uh, uh, she said, what church? And I told her. And she said, well. And so then I asked her. She didn't volunteer. So I said, well, what church do you belong to? And she said, the Catholic church. I said, well, great. I said, are you going regular? She said, yes. I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, uh, uh, how's the new priest? Because I know they have a new priest. And, you know, so we were talking about that. And she said, you know, you're the first preacher of another faith that didn't put me down for being a Catholic. You know, sometimes we got to be careful when we start putting other people down. If they're worshiping God, if they know Jesus Christ, which I asked this lady if she did, and she did, you know what? we got to be careful of that. God looks at all of his children equally. Amen? He looks at all of his children. And you know what? All of God's children don't look just like you. And some would say amen to that. So Paul is, is, is sharing with, with the church at Colossae what true life of a new person really means. Because you see, when you accepted Jesus Christ many years ago, you became a new person in Jesus Christ. But are we putting on what he is providing? Or are we saying, well, you know what? This other's more comfortable. 
Well, of course it is. Of course it's more comfortable. But what should we say? You know, where did that old wife get me? And what will that old wife get me? It will get you hell. That's what that old wife's going to give you. And if you go back to it, that's what it's going to give you. But if you take the new life and allow the knowledge according to the image of our creator, he will give us the things we need to live our lives according to his word. You say, oh, well, preacher, that's going to be boring. Let me tell you, it's not boring being a child of God. You might think it is, but I don't. God loves us and God wants us to put on these clothes and to experience the new self in Him. Let's pray. Let's gracious heavenly Father, Lord, I am grateful for Your Word today as each day. And Lord, I pray that we would see the importance of putting on that new self. Lord, throw away those old things of the past. I know sometimes they're hard. But Lord, what benefit do they really play? Guide us, Lord. We ask that you would help us. And Lord, may we see the direction we need to go in our life. In your son's name, amen.